Well, today, we're starting a new year. We're right in the beginning of a, a brand new year. And many of us are excited. We're excited about what the new year represents. We're excited about the possibilities. In fact, many of us, what we're saying is, new year, new you. We believe that the new year can help us become a new us. But sometimes what happens in the process of that is, while we're saying happy new years to everyone else, if we're really honest and we look on the inside, we have a little bit of doubt because we think it's a brand new year, but it's the same old self, just one year older. And sometimes we can get discouraged in that. And I want to give you a thought that I believe that's coming from the Lord for you today. And it's not so much about a new year, new you. It's more about a new year, better you. I believe God wants to make you and I make us better. In fact, I believe better is possible. With God, better is possible. <laughs> and I just want to encourage you as you lean into this year, come with expectation about what God can and what he will do in your life. A new you and a better you is possible this year. And I just want to invite you to lean in. Lean into God's word. Lean into this message today because I believe God has something specific for you today. In fact, I've titled my message today, Next is Now. Say it with me. Next is now. It's this idea that God has a better next for you right now. God has a better next for you right now. And here's the main idea for this message today is that God's new next for you is better than your right now. I'm gonna say that again. God's better next for you is better than your right now. Whatever you're experiencing right now in your life, the next that God has for you is better than where you're at. Sometimes we have a hard time letting go of the past or letting go of the comfort that we're experiencing right now because we're stepping out into the unknown. If we step out into the unknown by ourselves, life is unsure. But if we step out in faith with God, our future is secure. Why? Because we may not know what the future holds, but as believers, we know the one who holds our future. And that is God. And so as you start this new year, I'm inviting you to not make New Year's resolutions, but to make New You resolutions. To decide today that you're going to allow God to work in your life to make you a new and better you. Because again, God's next is better than your right now. And so I want to invite you to join me in the last book of the Bible, Revelation, Revelation chapter 21. I want to invite you to open up your Bible, your Westover app. Let's look at the Word of God together. And Revelation is a book where God unveils his best. God unveils how he redeems the brokenness of the world. It's a unveiling of what God can and what he will do. For you see, God always does what he says. And so Revelation is our source of hope. That no matter what's happening in the world around us, that God has the final say. In fact, if I were to sum up Revelation, it's simply this. God wins and the devil loses. God wins and the devil loses. And because God wins, you win too, if you believe in him. So let's jump into Revelation chapter 21. We're going to look at verses 5 through 7 and discover how God has a better next for us right now. 
Verse 5. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Say new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit inherit all of this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. What God is telling us here is that he has a better next for both of us, for all of us. And before I jump into explaining how we can get God's new and better next for us, I want to start with this one foundation. Because if we don't get this, we can't qualify ourselves for the next that God has for us. And it's simply this, that God's word is faithful and true, that it is trustworthy and true. We live in a culture of fake news and misinformation, and we don't know what to trust or who to trust. I want to reassure you that you can trust God's word because he always keeps his word. He says it right here at the end of verse 5. My words are trustworthy and true. What do these words mean? Trustworthy means that God's word is reliable and it's inevitable. What that means is that whatever he says will happen. When it says that his word is true, what he's meaning is that his word is authentic. It's the real deal. There's no spin. There's no angle. There's no uh, trick that God's trying to pull over you. He's trying to help all of us win. He's trying to help us find a better life. We can always go to God. So when you want to know what God is saying, go to what he's already said, which is in the Bible. Don't Google. Go to God's word. Go directly to the source to discover what he's saying to you. And what we'll discover in his word is simply this, is that God has a plan and a pathway for your future. And he wants to lead you into the future he has for you. But we must be willing to believe that his word is true because what we believe about God determines how we behave towards God. What we believe about him determines how we behave towards him. Is he just a man with some really great ideas or is he truly God? And his word is his word true. Is, is his word something that we can build our life on? Everything I see in scripture tells us that the Bible is the foundation of our life. And if we're willing to be rooted and grounded in God and it is God, God's word, we will have success. Let's start there. Well, today I want to share with you three beliefs that will help you qualify for God's new and better next. Here are three beliefs that we need to adopt in our life to get God's new and better next. Number one, God will renew what's been broken. We need to believe that God will renew what's been broken. God can do it. Look what it says in verse five. He says, I am making everything new. Now, in life, we have the capacity to fix things, right? When something is broken, what do we do? We fix it. If it's a leaky faucet, if it's a squeaky door, if it's a broken window, what do we do? We fix it. But there's moments in life when we look at our own life and we believe that our life is defined by the word broken. Broken promises, 
broken life, broken marriage, broken relationships, broken bodies. We're defined by the word broken and we don't know what to do to fix ourselves. We watch videos on YouTube, we read self-help books and we're wondering, how do we get a better life? How can we go from broken to fixed? Well, we go to God because he's the one who's able to renew us. Let me put it to you this way. I think many of us, we dream of an iPhone 14 life, but we're living an iPhone 8 reality. Some of us feel like that. We're stuck in the past. We can't move forward. Our life is glitchy. Nothing works. The things that used to work don't work anymore. And we're wondering, why? What's wrong? What do you do when your phone stops working? You take it to the manufacturer. And you say, I need to trade it in. I need an upgrade. In the same way, God wants to upgrade our life because God is in the upgrade business. He has the capacity to upgrade us. Why? Because the God who made us can remake us. He's the one who formed us with his hands. He's the one who breathed life and hope into us at the very beginning. And guess what? He can do the same for us here, right here, right now, so that we can step into the future. We don't have to settle for a glitchy, messed up, broken life. We can ask God to renew us. And what that word means, renew, is to make it brand new. And that's what God wants to do. But as we step in and we ask God to renew us, one of the mistakes that some of us make is that we focus on external change instead of internal transformation. That's why New Year's resolutions don't work because we do all these plans and we're gonna lose weight this year and finally, but secretly, if we're, really, if we're really honest, we're trying to make those changes in our life so that we can get the compliments of other people. Here's what you'll discover. Changing what you do without changing who you are will eventually return you back to what you've always been doing. Why? Because inner transformation leads to outward change. The secret to changing your life permanently is changing from the inside out. And that's what God does. God can change us from the inside out. But in order for God to change us from the inside out, we have to let him in. We have to let him change us from the inside out. He has to come into our life and into our heart. And we've got to give him permission to move things around, to change who we are, to change how we think, to change how we feel, to change our beliefs, to change our values. We need to let them work from the inside out. In fact, 2 Corinthians 4.16 puts it this way. It says, this is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. Yes, we're getting older. I wish we could change getting older. And we can't, but... What we can do is allow God to renew our spirit. I don't know about you, but I want God to renew my spirit each and every day. And that's the secret to youthfulness and to success in life is having God work in us and work through us. Don't be the block to someone else's blessing. For you see, someone is praying that you will do what God has already spoken to you to do. Someone is praying that you'll fulfill that. Dads, your kids are praying that you'll step up and lead the family spiritually. Moms, 
God is praying that you'll be able to encourage your kids instead of griping at them. Kids, your parents are praying that you'll finally listen and obey. God is wanting to work on the inside. We need to let him, let him in and let him work in us. Here's the second belief that will help you qualify for God's new and better next. It's believed that God will finish what's still undone. Now, we live in a world where there's always things that are undone. Parents, you know this. You go to your kids' rooms, and they're always undone, right? Rooms are always a mess, no matter how many times you tell them. Husbands, you know this is true. The wife's honey-do list for you is always undone. There's always more to be done, right? You know, and kids, you know this to be true, that the family chores are never done. In fact, my son talked to my wife this week because she assigned to him a household chore. He said to her, Mom, it seems like you're giving me all these things and you're creating new things for me to do because you don't want me to have any fun. What he didn't realize is that these are the chores he does each and every week. It just so happened that his chores infringed on his Xbox time. So we told him, do the chores so that then you can do Xbox. And parents, that's a pro tip. If you want to get your kids to do something that they need to do, tell them, do this first so that then you can have fun later. That's how life works. Do the hard things first so that then you can have fun later. God will finish what's still undone. Look what verse 5 and 6 says. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. What God is saying about himself is that he will finish what is still undone. Why? Because God always finishes what he starts. Oh, I'm going to say that again. God always finishes what he starts. Do you know that all of us are works in progress? Yes, you're a work in progress. And that person right next to you is a work in progress too. Now, don't look at them right now. They might give you judgy eyes and it may be a really quiet car ride on the way home. All of us are works in progress. But God, he wants to finish what is still undone. The problem that many of us have is that we want to finish what is still undone. But do you know that sometimes God doesn't want to finish want us to finish the things that are still left undone. Sometimes there's things that we're working on that we're trying to finish that God says, hey, hey, I'm not even interested in all of that. I want you to lean into my presence. I'm not focused on your finish to-do list. I have a better list for you. Do you know that God has a better list for you than your to-do list? He has a become better list. I'm gonna say it again. God has a become better list for each one of us. He wants us to become better followers of Jesus. He wants us to become better spouses, better husbands, better wives, better children, better employees at work, better coworkers, better people in life in general. God has a become better list for each one of us. And instead of trying to finish what you've already started, allow God to finish what he's already started in your life. Here are some truths to help us finish what is still undone. If you really want to finish what is still undone, if you want it to be said of you, it is done, is number one, focus on what God is finishing. Get on God's agenda. Focus on what he's trying to finish in your life. 
You know that thing that God keeps talking to you week after week, month after month, year after year? Finish it. Get that thing done. Get that thing out of your life. Change that thing. Change that attitude. Change that situation. Repair that relationship. Ask for forgiveness. Give up that thing in your life that's holding you back. Let God finish that so then you can move on to the next thing that he has for you. For you see, God is more interested in finishing what he started in you than in you finishing what you've started. And the second truth to help us finish what's undone is always start and finish with God. Seeing things get done is impossible without God. In fact, that's why he says in this passage, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Those words Alpha and Omega are the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. And what he's saying is, if you start with me, you'll finish well. So if you've already started something, be willing to allow God to help you finish it. And if you started with God, make sure to allow God to help you finish it. Why? Because sometimes what happens is we try, we start off with God leading the way and then suddenly we take control of the steering wheel of our life. Here's what Galatians 3.3 says about this. Don't be foolish. After starting your new lives in the spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Whatever you do, do it in God's strength and you'll see it get accomplished. God has the ability to finish what he started in our lives. If we're just willing to let him in, if we're just willing to let him change us, he says, he's proclaiming, it's already done. That situation that you're worried about, it's already done. If you follow God's game plan, it's already completed. There you go. That relationship that you've yet to see restored, if you follow God's game plan, it gives you the best chance to see it restored. That work situation that you can't seem to solve, if you run God's game plan, it'll get done in Jesus' name. I think some of us, we need to tuck that in our heart as we step into this year. Here's a third belief that will help you qualify for God's new and better next. Believe that God will provide what's missing. Say it with me. Believe that God will provide what's missing. Verse six says this. He said to me, to the thirsty, I will give water without cost, that's for free, from the spring of the water of life. God always provides what's missing. Kids, have you ever been building something with Legos and you're missing one piece and you look everywhere, you're looking and you're looking and you find that you can't move forward until you find that one piece? God knows what's missing in your life. Or maybe adults, you've bought a piece of furniture in a box and you have to build it yourself and you realize at the end of the process you're missing one board that's really essential, and you have way too many bolts and screws that you know should be in the piece of furniture, but you don't know where you missed the step. God knows what's missing. But we need to go to him and allow him to work in our life. We need to allow him to provide what's missing. And what, what's missing in many of our lives is him. We're frustrated. We can't have success because what's missing in our life is God, God himself. Many of us were frustrated. In fact, the way this passage defines it is that many of us were spiritually thirsty. The problem is that many of us are drinking the water of the world, believing that the water of the world is gonna quench our thirst. In fact, the water of the world is kind of like salt water. You drink it, but you're still thirsty. The world's constantly telling us, just one more, just one more. 
one more video game, one more outfit or pair of shoes, one more video on TikTok or one more video on YouTube or one more reel or one more story, just one more, one more, one more, one more, one more. But the water of the world never satisfies. Why? Because you can't get enough of what you don't need. You can't get enough of what you don't need. The water of the world cannot satisfy a thirsty soul. Only God can do it. Only God can satisfy our soul. In fact, Jesus says this of himself in John 4, 13. Everyone who drinks this water, which is the water of the world, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. And here's the good news. The water that he gives us is living water, and he gives it to us for free. That's what the verse says in verse 6 of Revelation 21. He gives it without cost. Why? Because God already paid the water bill. God already paid the water bill. How about you? But I'm glad. I wish I had somebody who would pay my water bill. I have to pay it in the natural, but I'm so glad God paid it in the supernatural. And here's my final thought. If we believe these three things, we will experience more of God's presence. If we believe these three things, we're gonna get the next that God has for us right now. In fact, here's the good news. God's presence is our inheritance. God's presence is our inheritance. And what is an inheritance? An inheritance is what parents and grandparents turn over to their kids and to the next generation. Possessions, property, financial wealth. But I believe that God wants us, parents and grandparents, to leave a spiritual legacy. I believe there's something that God wants to do in the next generation. And there's something that God wants us to give to the next generation, which is more of the presence of God. Look at how God puts it in verse 7. Those who are victorious, what he's saying is those who believe in me, will inherit all this. I will be their God and they will be my children. Today I want to share my heart for just a moment as a pastor. I want our church to be, be defined as a church and a people that passionately pursues the presence and the power of God. Every service, in every environment, in every moment, that people would experience the real presence of God, whether it's in kids' ministry or student ministry or classics ministry or in, out in the sports field or in Spanish ministry, whatever ministry environment that we would experience the presence of God. Why? Because it is the presence of God that changes our life. God wants us to inherit a spiritual legacy. And parents and grandparents, it's our responsibility to ensure that they inherit that from us. It starts with us. It starts with us. In fact, as a church, one of the things that I'm deeply passionate about is that each one of us in our families would have an everyday faith. A faith where we pursue God in every part of our life. Whether we're waking up in the morning or we're at the dinner table or we're just hanging out, whether we're at home or we're out and about, where we have an everyday faith. Where we're praying together, where we're reading God's word together, where we're encouraging one another, where we're worshiping together. Or we have an everyday faith. See, God doesn't want, he doesn't want weekend visits. He wants full custody. He wants us all day, every day. He wants us to fully pursue him. 
And I want to transmit that to you, that that would be a decision, a new you resolution that you would decide as a family. As for me and my house, this year, we will serve the Lord. We're going to have an everyday faith. We're going to pursue God in all that we do. One of the ways that we're capstoning that at the very beginning of the year to launch the year outright spiritually is through prayer and fasting. We're going to step into a season of prayer and fasting. What is fasting? Fasting is giving up something that you like for someone that you love, who's Jesus. It's about saying no to yourself so you can say yes to God. It's about being willing to say, God, I'm giving up something for you. It can be changing how you eat. It can be giving up something that you really enjoy eating. It could be some, giving up something like social media or video games or some other thing. It's being willing to give up something for God so you can get more of him. And here's what you discover. When you give up something for God, he always gives you more than what you give up. Whatever you give up for him, he always gives you more. And the more that he gives you is more of his presence. And when you get more of his presence, you get more of his power. You get more of his peace. You get more of what he has for you. As I close, I'm gonna invite us to stand. We're gonna step into a moment of worship. And I wanna invite us to not check out of this moment. I want us to lean into this moment because I believe that God wants to do something powerful. God's next for us is right now, right here, right now. As we step into this moment of worship, I'm gonna invite us to lean into God's presence. And here's my challenge. I wanna challenge us men to be the ones to start the year off right. Right? 